Hello and welcome to another podcast episode from the Hiring Enablement Podcast. My name is Gavin Spears, CEO of Solutions Driven, a global recruiting partner that guarantees right first-time hiring. In today's episode, we are going to focus on remote working. And really the topic being, is it now an expectation? Is it still a luxury or is it a need? And there's been a lot of talk through the last two or three years relating to remote working from during the pandemic to now it becoming a normal part of many people's working life. I'm delighted to be joined today by Christine Pollock, Head of HR at ILG. Christine has had a really interesting HR career spanning more than 25 years in a variety of sectors, retail, highway maintenance, legal, uh, third-party logistics, um, and also has achieved many things throughout her career from devising a people strategy for a 1,700-person organisation with no HR infrastructure, pioneering hackathons to stimulate ideas among younger professionals, as well as managing very significant and substantial to-be transfers. Outside of work, Christine is also very active from a creative perspective, uh, 3D printing, glass etching, and has also undertaken many long-distance charity cycling uh, adventures through her career as well. I believe, but I believe now it's a more casual cycler than a, than a professional cycler. So Christine, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Gavin. That sounds fabulous when you describe it that way. Uh, well, yeah, that's, that's because it is. <laughs> glad uh, to be here. It's super excellent. So I think, as I said at the start, Christine, I mean, today we're going to focus on remote working in the context of the expectation, the luxury, the, the need. I mean, I guess from, from your perspective, how would you define remote working in that context? I think I would expand it a little bit to include mm -hmm. hybrid working, because yeah. I, at least in my head, remote working is very much somebody at home, let's say 90% of the time, or possibly even never going into a, a work location. Whereas I think hybrid's just an equal importance nowadays in terms of what people are looking for. So that's that swap between office and home. Mm -hmm. Good. And, and do you, in, in your role and the organizations that you've worked with, do you now see employees seeing remote working as a desirable benefit? Is it something that improves work-life balance? You know, is it a vital requirement in, in your organization? I think it does depend on the organization because obviously mm -hmm. we have to remember that there are thousands of people across the UK in jobs where they don't have the ability to work from home. So I think it does depend where you work. I do think it's an increasing um, expectation, you know, for sure. COVID, you know, caused the genie to come out the bottle as it were, didn't it? In yep. terms of all of us having to work uh, as best we could remotely. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that has also fed into um, people wanting to achieve it where they can. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think most applicants nowadays see it as a luxury. They will certainly ask for it if it's available. Um, yeah. But I think there's also that whole challenge of being new to a role and working remotely. And how do you then assimilate yourself? How do you get to know people? Yeah, and, and I think that is a challenge. I mean, we, we definitely see that where, you know, new new employees really do need some good collaboration in that early part of their journey to make sure they feel, you know, bedded in correctly to the, to the organisation. Now, I guess from an employer's point of view, you know, clearly there's lots of benefits, but have you seen any particular benefits, you know, in being more flexible, either from a saving, talent attraction, productivity point of view? Um, I think, again, it... it, it it does depend on the organisation. I might be a bit of a stock mm -hmm. record saying that. Mm -hmm. um, because if you take, for example, uh, an employer who's had an office block for many, many years, mm -hmm. designed to fit a certain number of people, if they then got half of those people working from home, that employer still has all the same bills pretty yeah. much that they had before. So it's not always a cost saving. 
but you would hope that if if we're looking at it through an employer's lens if they're genuinely focused on work-life balance employee health then yeah. they would see that they're sharing something hopefully with their employees with those that can work from home in terms of getting a little bit more balance um, back into their lives um, so I think there is a perceived benefit for both sides because there might be less travel on some days for the employee. Um, the only thing I'd have a bit of a word of caution on is there have been times, not say all the time, but certainly been times when I'm chatting to people and what you actually find out is they're putting in pretty long days when they're working from home. Yeah. So they get up, they almost grab breakfast, they're straight in front of the screen. They don't yeah. stop, you know, until later in the day. Now, for some, that might not be a big issue because maybe before they had a big commute to work. So yes. their actual day is not any longer or shorter. But I just think we have to just keep an eye on that and employers still have an obligation to kind of check in and make sure they're not over, employees are not overworking and then days not getting longer and longer and longer. And, and I guess, you know, from, from a challenges point of view, I mean, I guess many organisations don't have the luxury of saying, every job role, you know, can now be flexible or hybrid or remote working. So how do organisations like your own manage that fairness, you know, between different groups of, of employees? Yeah. I think I think you have to consider it for maybe a wider aspect. And I'm not saying we've got it perfect. I think yeah. every employer will try and find their own way. So we certainly operate for those that can predominantly desk-based roles on a 50-50 hybrid mm -hmm. homework um, kind of basis. But equally, if people want to be in all the time, that's fine as well. Um, what we try and do in our warehouses, obviously, we're a third-party logistics company. The service we provide our clients just wouldn't happen if yeah. we didn't have all our fantastic guys, you know, operate working operationally. Yeah. Um, but what you can do is you can maybe look at start and finish times. You can look at shift patterns. You can maybe offer a wider variety of part-time roles than you might would have in the past. You yeah. know, so it's not the home home or office conundrum but it is a little bit more flexibility possibly around a fit with family life we have a lot of people that are part-time um and who's out because of the hours we do we can flex start and finish times in some locations not in all of them and where we can then we obviously try and do that it's excellent and i know there's a lot of data out there around the impact of remote you know working now to the to the the workforce do you as a business or you as an individual look at that, any of that data and see kind of any correlation to output or, or any focus points that, that you and the organisation are looking at? For us, I think it's quite tricky to have a, a kind of causal link, you know, that one thing mm -hmm. has caused another. And I think yeah. for most employers, that's probably right. Um, I think it does impact our hiring patterns in terms mm -hmm. of people and what they're looking for. Um, it's obviously good us to be able to say to people up front after you've settled into the role because it isn't from day one there are flexible options if you're in a, a desk-based office-based role once you've got okay with the job and familiar with your colleagues you know so people know that's going to come they don't have to ask for it they don't have to make a big formal request it's part of the way we do business um so i think there's certainly a benefit from that point of view it's excellent and and, and do you think that remote working or hybrid working is here to stay? I mean, I know a couple of years ago, it was felt like it was necessary given what was going on in the world. You know, then everyone followed suit. Now we're starting to see a real mix of organisations saying no longer, or, you know, it has to, you know, almost defining what that looks like. Where do you think we'll land, you know, in terms of this, this work model? 
I think it's really tricky. Um, I remember probably about 2015 or so giving a management conference presentation about the future of work mm -hmm. and talking about what, if you had a child then, what, what the world might look like when they became 21. Yeah. And of course, at the time, I remember talking about will work become what we do and not where we go. But that's because of COVID, that's all accelerated, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. um, and it's yeah. happened maybe a lot faster than anyone thought it would be. Um, and certainly if you read the HR press or LinkedIn or, or on social media in general at the moment, there are lots of articles around, you know, big companies, Amazon, Zoom, ironically, and others yeah. want people to come back to work. But when you dig beneath the headlines, in most cases, it's not all or nothing. It's not you must come back to the office. Yeah. It's if you live within a certain distance, we'd like to see you back two days a week, yeah. which is, I think is a little different. So I think there's certainly something there around companies maybe wanting to rebuild connection yeah. and to have people in the office part of the time, mm -hmm. but still give their employees what they need in terms mm -hmm. of the remote piece and more, hopefully more work-life balance. Excellent. And, and again, maybe just to, to summarise from my side, I mean, again, you know, looking at your, your HR, HR career, you've been through many different situations, size of companies, et cetera. Any particular learnings or advice that you would share with other peers listening to this session? Um, I think in terms of this particular topic, um, probably the advice would be similar to what I'd share in general with people about HR, which is um, the advice is gonna vary as much as the people do. If you work in HR, we're a people-driven business. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to try and consider the person at the heart of the decisions that you're making. Um, so it's really context specific. Um, and sometimes you can adapt to something, um, but I think it is around just trying to be that wider approach, take that wider approach on things and never justify a decision by saying, well, that's what we've always done because that's going to be the wrong reason. Yeah, good, excellent, super insights. I mean, I think in summary, you know, I was, I was keen to get your input on this topic because there's no doubt it's starting to to come up more and more across our, our HR networks around what is the right thing to do. And I think what I'm hearing is there's really no right answer. It's about really making sure you give some options where you can to people, you know, but not stipulate too much, i.e., you know, people then have the option to be in, you know, five days or be in two days, et cetera. And I think also, as you said at the end there is, you know, customizing the approach and listening, you know, and making sure people feel that their their inputs are are being are being listened to. Um, excellent, Christine. I really appreciate your time. Thanks to our listeners for for listening to this short podcast. If you have any feedback on any uh, future topics, please let us know. And Christine, thanks again for for your time. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Gavin.